0: Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host Keith and I'm joined by my stalwart psychic, who is always at my side, Ho Sway.
1: I know it's stupid at this point, but god damn it, is it the most funnest of times over on the Morbius streams? (laughs) Did you see that it's
0: going to get a re-release to theaters? Oh no shit! It's going back to theaters because of all this. I kind of maybe go, going to go watch it. <laughs> I kind of want to go
1: see it. I didn't get to see it yet. So I'm like, oh. It's definitely not worth paying it. But like as as how I've seen it now, I kind of do want to. And maybe just like, then just laugh at all the dumb. And maybe others will be joining me at laughing at all the meta moments. So it's like, you know what? Maybe that'd be a good experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's like going to... Like Rocky Horror, or to go see the room, you know what I mean. Like it's not necessarily about the quality, it's
1: more like the, the room, experience. not not Rocky Horror, but yeah, yeah sure, not yes, a big
0: Rocky Horror fan, but sure.
1: <laughs> so, it's pride, at least respect the the movie. Yeah, I,
0: I get what it represents and what it means to people, <laughs> but as a movie, it's not great. Okay, <laughs> like, so we won't get into that right now. It is Pride Month, so I won't I won't get into that too deeply. So, um, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's exciting uh, that it has completely trolled the internet <laughs> i love it so um maybe
1: be good. But it's in our good.
0: first bit of news i was retweeted by seth mcfarland <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, so um everybody watch the orville it's fantastic but uh but yeah we're gonna talk about our comic book news and um oh just tiny thing happened joe casada has announced that he's leaving marvel holy shit holy like, shit
1: like and not even like in a like good riddance like DD like did but like it is probably like the best time to do it. At least probably to get like a fresh head up up on that seat. But damn it. Did he do a lot for Marvel?
0: Yeah. I know he's, he's controversial. Mm -hmm. There are people who don't like him. Those people are not correct, by the way. Um, He's never done anything wrong. And if you compare him to say someone like Jim Shooter, who definitely was more problematic and was also the head, or even Stan Lee, who definitely didn't quite handle things the way he probably should have when he was in charge. I think Joe has done a really great job. I think it's going to be very very interesting who takes his place.
1: I know. I'm so curious for where they can just like take it. Uh, I, yeah. I,
0: I think it might be time for a woman.
1: Yeah, I'd be so I'd be so stoked. Yeah. Be so stoked. I
0: I think it'd be really interesting. I also think like if you think about what Kasada was before he became editor, mm-hmm. when he was like the in-demand creator, they wanted to make sure they kept in house and gave occasional assignments to John Hickman, yeah. Donnie, K- no. Donnie Cates wouldn't be in. It, no, no, no. Too that's, that's too big of a chair. He, his his head
1: would explode. His ego would just. Al Ewing. That'd be oh my god for how for how great he is and how quote unquote early in his career at least for now where, how he's just skyrocketing yeah that'd be the probably that'd probably be the name for for how smart he writes his comics yes
0: yeah interesting. Mm-hmm. interesting interesting
1: but it's just like all these like names that we love just have titles everywhere it's like where they had like to stop all their booms all their i all their everywhere books that would suck
0: yeah yeah like the big superstar ones the big indie like art auteur ones like hickman is probably a little too auteur but mm-hmm. i think they would do it just to nail them down in marvel <laughs> that's what they try yeah, to yeah. do but i don't know i mean ewing would be a good shout i think um and then uh I don't know. We'll see. Like, Gail? No, I don't think Gail wants to be in charge. I think she has like, too much fun. Because she's barely
1: coming back to like make a comic. Like with yeah, with yeah, I don't think I don't think
0: that's even her goal. I don't. She's too much of a troll. She doesn't want to actually be in charge <laughs> of like a corporation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. We'll see. So. Don't want to speculate too much. Yeah.
1: Stand is the <laughs> dread of oh Shut up. <laughs> That's why he left just so it could be like a safe uh so, that, so it wouldn't be like an overlap or anything.
0: The good news is we might get some more Jokazata Comics out yeah. Very so, interesting. Very excited about that. So Um Next up, quick update on Comixology. Amazon has removed the ability to purchase comics directly in the oh Comixology app for Android users. It just gets wow. worse, doesn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I I don't have much to say. I don't use Comicsology very much. Usually, when we have like an interviewee coming up, I don't want to make sure I read all their books. That's where mm-hmm. I get them on. Um, but other than that, I don't really don't use it all that much. But that sucks for a lot of people because I know digital comics are a huge medium right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. So, and then I got a trio of DC stories to wrap us up. First of all, the original artwork. From A Death in the Family, where Jason Todd was killed in Batman Four Thirty Eight, the cover mm-hmm. art, uh, which is done by Mike Mignola, the original art, is up for sale. Who in an auction? Uh, it hasn't been sold yet, so we don't know how much it's going to go for.
1: Bat fans are ravenous too, so
0: <laughs> yeah, especially like ironic Bat fans. But I do, I do kind of really, really badly want it to give it to Liz because she would hate that. To get the the original art for the cover of the book where Jason Todd died, <laughs>
1: just frame it, <laughs> frame like, it over over the dinner table. <laughs> yes.
0: Um. Next up, uh, DC is officially reforming Batman Inc., which is coming out of uh, Shadow War. Hmm. They are going to get a new series written by Ed Brisson with John Timms doing the art.
1: What? That's actually pretty cool.
0: Yeah my my issue with it is is like. I'm curious to see who's going to be members because there's some characters that I don't really think are appropriate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Not in the, not in the one that's in right now, but okay. There's a character named man of bats, which is just a native American version of Batman. Okay. And it uses a lot of stereotypes Mm. and I really don't like the character. And, my, Liz's husband and my roommate Evan is Native American, and he really did not like the portrayal of the character. So I oh. want to back that up. It's not just a white guy saying. Yeah, that. Um, he rides a buffalo. His yeah, he, buffalo? Re- he has he has a big feathered head haired headdress, mm-hmm. but he's supposed to be the Batman. Yeah, it's it's just not it's just It doesn't very translate
1: cliche. well like 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 it did on the the Captain America book. Like it's just oof, it just big oof.
0: Yeah, that that was a little better. Yeah. Because Captain America is supposed to be bright and colorful, Batman's not supposed to be. <laughs> and why do why do the great plains need a Batman?
1: Because right. Batman's yeah. supposed to be, like it doesn't
0: make any sense. It's literally just it feels very appeasing, mm-hmm. and I think people can tell when they're being condescended to. Oh yeah, so he's in some of the art I've seen, and so I'm worried he's coming back. Is why I say it. So
1: hopefully not. Is it still gonna be like is it, is it Ghostmaker like running it? I believe so. Yes. Okay. So which we'll talk about later on when we talk mm-hmm. about comics. And the last thing is,
0: Dark Crisis is upon us. Ooh. This is turning to be a lot larger of a crossover than we anticipated. Um, yeah. They're adding additional one-shots and tie-in issues. Oh, my shit. So, for instance, um, they added Dark Crisis the Deadly Green, which is John Kent, Superboy, Superman, teaming up with Swamp Thing. Awesome.
1: Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so dope.
0: Yeah. What? Uh, I a It is a Swamp Thing, John Constantine, and others to explore the Great Darkness's influence on the multiverse.
1: I hate how confused I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm going to get it, but god damn it. I'm not gonna, it's not going to make sense. Later
0: on, we're going to get Dark Crisis, the Dark Army, which will follow Damian Wayne, Dr. Light, and other heroes as they attempt to stop Pariah's reign by taking control over his Dark Army. In the process of doing so, they uncover a secret about Dr. Light related to the character's role in Crisis of the Infinite Earths, which he played a pretty big role in, so um, so yeah, those are the two new added ones of course, it's going to cross over throughout Flash the entire time, we got the main series Dark Crisis, we have a Dark Crisis Young Justice, we mm-hmm. have Dark Crisis Worlds Without a Justice League uh, Superman, we have uh, one-shots, basically Worlds Without a Justice yeah. League, so it's Superman Green Lantern, Wonder Woman Green Arrow Batman, uh, yeah and then we're also getting that, that that one shot. We're also getting... It crosses over into I Am Batman. And we get a Dark Crisis Warzone one shot too. So a lot going on there. Uh, we're going to talk about Dark Crisis a little bit later as well. So I just wanted to get that out. But that's it. All I got for news. Not a lot. What did you... Anything for me? Um,
1: no, no, nothing that I that came up on. That I came up on.
0: Thanks. All right. Well, we are going to jump straight into talking about some comics. And as always... When we jump in, we land, not with a bang, but a boom, Boom Studios, and we got a couple books. Uh, Let's actually start with O'Sway. I'm going to let you start the show off today with Storyteller Shapeshifters number four.
1: Yes, Jim Henson's The Storyteller Shapeshifters number four. Uh, This was a story by Darren Bennett, art by Danny Pendergast, and lettered by Jim Campbell. This one was, out of all of them, this one has probably the most intense cover. Check that out. Like, I was not expecting, like, this to just, like, be just there. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it, 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 I mean, it is kind of an intense book, uh, but not as much as, like, the cover. But it's just like, holy shit, where are we going to go with this one? Because, especially, like, because, again, like, issue two is the one that made me fucking just cry. Like, really good. <laughs> I had a good cry on that one. So, anyway, in this one, um, um I go, of course, we start with the storyteller and the dog. And the dog starts barking at, at something. He sees, like, a flicker of light outside. And the storyteller is like, oh, shit, like, you know what? Maybe it's just, like, it was just a reflection it's okay, just let it go. You know what? Let me tell you a story on why we shouldn't open doors that night. <laughs> and this little girl, and then we go into the story. And sort of girl with her mom, they're on the market. Um, she basically just sees this, like uh, another. Uh, it's like an, an older lady, and she kind of does like, her little rhyme. And then uh, at one point, her her walking stick like hits her bowl of uh, her bowl of like grains of rice, and she like literally stops mid-song and starts picking them up one one at a time. And starts continuing her song, and then she sees the little girl and like kind of snides at her, and kind of freaks up the little the little girl, and she runs to her mom. L- um, later that night, I, uh, she asks her mom like, "Hey, have you heard of um, uh, about the old hag? What's an old? Uh, who's like the old hag?" And I was like, "Oh shit! Like my grandma used to tell me that story. Yeah, it's like this is like this, this old lady, this, this wicked old lady, kind of like in every other village." And she would kind of take off her skin into like a pure flame, and then she would kind of go about to house to house, um, and then she would kind of go inside, and then she would and she would kind of like take you away, and you would die. And but that was the, and she was like, "Oh, that's weird. Like, I haven't heard like that story hasn't come up in like forever since like my grandma's time." So whatever. And so that night, um, the little girl does see like a little flame uh, mm-hmm. of like a almost like nah, a o' wisp like outside out of the in the in the forest, but something reminiscent. So she kind of, she opens the door. And that's the thing that like, the narrator the natives are saying, or like the storytellers are saying that the mom had the story, right. But she didn't have the cautionary part. Right. Where like if mm. you see it, don't open the door. Uh, or I uh, just, cause if you, if you close it, it's not, you're not safe. Like basically it's, it's not vampire rules. The door is permanently left open for that, for that spirit, which is actually a, they call it a, a sequoient. So, Basically, and then it starts going into like like pretty much like every other day they keep going back to like the market, and every other night the girl does see the old hag come come into like the house, and she basically starts sucking the life out of the mom. And every day they go back to like the market, she's getting a little younger and younger. You Gets to a point where like the mom can like barely kind of make it to like the market, and she's like, oh shit, the the old lady must be must be getting sick too because like her daughter is kind of running the shop. Obviously, it's like the late, uh, it's like it's the old hag. Um, so she basically, um, the, the little girl basically kind of like tries to uh she's wait for she waits for the old hag at one point at one uh, one night and to follow her into into the forest and she basically finds uh, she finds the old hag talking to this like old tree um and she gets like kind of gathers information on how to kind of take care of her she gets spotted she runs it um but it was like the thing that said in the beginning she had she had prepared like this giant um or she she tipped over the old hag's a uh, bowl of grains of rice and that was like her trick she had like literally has to she has to stop everything she's doing and pick at them one at a time until it's all clean and so she bought enough time to basically take care of her and like and the mom was was good in the end but yeah it was it was just like, sucks so i really thought the mom was gonna die uh in this one because it really was like she was gonna win um but yeah that was it for storytellers that was all that was all four
0: yeah that's that legend sounds really familiar to me Count the
1: grains of rice by one by one. Yeah, and I've, I've heard I've seen it in other times where it was like, but it's, it was like fairies that have to do that. But it, it, again, yeah. like fairy tales.
0: Nice. All right. Well, next up, um, I'm going to talk about magic number 15 mm-hmm. uh, Planeswalker cover. Nice. Yeah. So, written by Jed McKay, we have art by Iguara, Jacques Salomon, Mariana Tabo, and Kath Lobo. Collidered by Ariana Consoni and letter by Ed Dukeshire. Um, This is the issue where we actually get some questions answered, which is really nice, about what's going on with the planeswalkers. Why can't they walk in and out of Ravnica? What happened to our three main planeswalkers? All that stuff. And basically, um, some force is preventing them from walking. There's something blocking them. And while they were out defeating Merit Lodge the government passed a law that there's no that planeswalkers are illegal. So that's oh. why everybody turned against them. And who shows up to stop them but Aurelia?
1: <gasps> oh my God. Yes. Yes. So, so badass.
0: She, she's the one that shows up to enforce the law and basically put them in jail for being planeswalkers. Uh oh. Yeah. And um, in the meantime we find out that Jace did not die. Okay. But his power has changed Ooh. in a way that's fantastic. And I'll talk about He did die technically actually.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but Wait, we'll get again, back to the white type of way. Yeah. We'll get back to that. But in the, in the b- big fight with, with Aurelia, the Gorgon turned her to stone. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Which so she was angel. able to stop them. And then we find out the mastermind behind it all. Is niv Mazet. Wait, really? Yes. But not really. There's a thing going on because this is a big robotic dragon, right? Right. Well, back to Jace. So Jace's powers have changed because he did die, right? But he was able to escape. His soul was able to escape. So now he's a ghost. And it's something to do with the death magic that was going along. The necromancy Liliana was channeling. It basically turned him into a ghostly form. He can no longer touch the minds of the living because he's dead. Could no longer cast any illusions. When I tried, they could only be seen in mirrors because death, you know, mirrors, it's like a thing, right? Yeah. And, but other ghosts could see him. So he can communicate with ghosts. And he's like, so I'm not a telepath, a mind mage anymore, not precisely. I call it instead to the t- minds untethered from flesh like myself. I am the Ghost Speaker, and the dead are my companions now. I need a Jace Ghost Speaker Planeswalker card immediately.
1: Is that a black card now?
0: Blue-black would be great. Yeah.
1: Holy shit. Ah, man, because there's, like, the Ghost Council. Taysa could get involved. I I, I fucking Taysa's, like, my fucking girl, too. Uh, But Kaya, right? Yeah, Kaya from, like, our our original three, she's kind of like a Ghost Walker, too. Exactly. So...
0: Um so he meets up with them and is explaining this whole situation. Oh, okay. He explains he talked to a ghost, and it's the ghost of Niv Mazet. Ooh. Who's like, something's going on. And what we find out is with all of our planeswalkers together now, except for the, the three, they're still trapped in Ravnica. Yeah. But but uh, Chandra and all of them, they're they're with Jace now, and they're like, What what's happening? They're like who could bend a coward like Davriel Kane and scum like Tybalt to his will? Who else had the resources to construct such an elaborate trap? Who else could wear the metal body of niv and like it's a set of clothing? Of course, it's Tezzeret. Oh. Eee. It was all his plan to usurp Ravnica and make Planeswalkers illegal. Oh, no shit. <laughs> but he can still planeswalk in and out because there's an artifact called the Immortal Sun that's under Ravnica that blocks <laughs> that blocks planeswalkers okay and he can turn it off and on for him and his people mm-hmm. Set up so yeah now now we know what's going on and the best part is is like they're like um, they come up with a plan we don't know what the plan is yet and um, uh, Chandra is like Jace when we get where we're going can you get the local ghost to answer some questions point us in the right direction he goes I can not if there are ghosts to be found of course she's like oh don't worry about that where we're going, there's no shortage of ghosts in Estrad. Oh, Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm very excited. It's very good. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's starting to answer the questions. It's all starting to tie together. I really enjoy that. So, that, that that's a good
1: one. Yes. Yeah.
0: Which brings us to our last boom book. Oh, so, this is a good issue. Once in future. Number 26. Written by Karen Gillan. Illustrated by Dan Moore. Colored by Tim Von and Letter by Ed Duke Shire time is running out (laughs) um literally uh rose is comes face to face with the green knight and with you know her taking on the gawain role and what's going to happen to her later that year um they continue working with the merry men which is really great we get some really sweet moments between duncan and rose which i really liked um I love how the grandma has changed since the beginning of the series.
1: Oh my god, yeah. Like like she's still so cheeky, she's still making jokes, but at least she's like a little more giving with some information. <laughs> she also seems more way more loving to him.
0: Yes. And trusting him. Trusting him would be the word I would use actually, so. And then everything going on with with Duncan's mother and and Lancelot and the search for a new Galahad. When we already have a Galahad. <laughs> we have mm-hmm. Galahad at home. <laughs> so, up. I, that character is going to be very important. I'm very excited about it. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, everything building up. And then we find out the plan. And it's fantastic. And oh I my god, it's again. so good. <laughs> it's absolutely absurd. But basically... They're going to reroute the river Styx... <laughs> into the river Thames and then use Lear, who has been released as a storm, to make sure the, the waters of memory are distributed and erase everybody's memory that magic exists. It's and so it's,
1: crazy. It's crazy it's, enough to work.
0: <laughs> I know, right? But as we know, when you do a heist, you don't tell the whole plan to the audience because it won't work. Yeah. And then she says, as long as there's no true King Robin's respects, we're sorted. And what do we see... Excalibur, <laughs> fucking Excalibur. <laughs> I loved this issue. It was very good. It was very good. I I love it. I'm really worried the series is ending, and I'm loving it way too much for it to end. But yeah, what'd you think? Uh,
1: no, it, it was just, it was really good. I I I like how yeah, it might be coming into it, might be we might be seeing like the end in sight. But as far as like for this one being like, if there's like the one to tell it to the indicator, it was really good. Like everybody just felt so yeah. so good. Yeah, totally.
0: All right. And that brings us to our next publisher, which is Scout Comics. Back to back weeks for Scout Comics for us. Um, I have a new number one, Code 45. Um, so check out the cover. Nice. I actually really like this, and I think the pitch is really cool. I mean, I'm curious to see what you think. So, okay. written by Benjamin Hunting, art by Joe Inn, um, graphic design, and lettering by Angela Hodge, and lettering by Josh Perez. So, this character um, is. Let me see here. So she's a young girl who has been hired on to drive subway trains, basically. Okay. And she's currently in the process of training. And her uncle used to do it. And he's like her closest relative and stuff like that. And uh, her name is Vanessa, by the way. Um, He used to do it, but he doesn't do it anymore. And there's a lot of, like, superstition around it. And there's a lot of, like, only the most experienced people can drive the trains at night. For certain reasons and stuff. And there's a the whole thing behind it. So this is in Canada, by the way. I believe in Montreal. Okay. Um, so she has a roommate who's a DJ. And he's always trying to get her to go out with her. And she's like, he wants me to go to my first party. He doesn't call them raves. But that's what they are in my mind. And then it's, <laughs> this, this is the fucking shot. I'm like, Uh-oh. yeah, that's a rave. <laughs> like, so he keeps inviting her out. keeps inviting her out and stuff. And... Eventually, she's like, you know what? Screw it. I'll go out. And throughout this book, people who work in the the train system start disappearing Mm -hmm. in mysterious ways, right? Um, The first one you see is right off the bat where you see this dude. And he's looking. He sees the lights of a train coming. And then his stuff's just on the ground. And no one knows what to do, right? Okay. And they kind of tease this throughout, different things happening. Um, And then there's one where there's a guy welding. And then he pulls up his hat and he sees this in the tunnel. And then he's just gone. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, she's getting ready for her party. She looks hot. (laughs) So they end up going to a rave. And he reveals the rave is actually in an abandoned subway tunnel in a station that was never actually used. Of course. He's like, Ah, you'll feel right at home here. It's kind of cool. It's your, you know. Which I'm first of all, that's a cool idea for a party. (laughs) And then he's like, Hey. He's like, Hey, you want to take some ecstasy? She's like, No, I'm good. And then they end up dancing. He ends up convincing her to dance, right? She doesn't want to at first, but she's like, I really like this song. And so she she dances. And then she it cuts back to her voicemail machine at home, her, her voicemail machine, her answer machine at home, and basically says, hey, so-and-so is taking off early for her maternity leave, so starting tomorrow, you're on nights, which is, like, again, the big thing they don't want people to do. And we come back to the rave. Oh. Like, so here's all the people dancing and stuff. That's a dope page, yeah. And just hovering over them.
1: Oh, that's so yeah. cool.
0: It's a cool idea. It's a really cool idea. So, is it a dragon? Is it a spirit? What, we don't know, so. And then after that, of course, the return of Remy Award winning By the Horns. <laughs> by the Horns, Dark Earth. Uh, so, here's the cover.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And uh, written, or story and direction by Marquis uh art, lettering, design by Jason Moore, and color, art, and effects by Stephen Cannon. Um, so, this does take place after the first run. And the whole thing was she wanted to get vengeance for her lover in the end, you know, and she ended up forgiving the unicorns and letting them go and everything. Um, And the whole story started off that they wanted her to basically be a farmhand. And she was just kind of resistant to that. She's like, no, I'm a monster hunter. That's what I do. Well, the book opens up with her being a farmhand. Uh, So she finally settled down and is doing what she's supposed to do. But monster attacks keep happening and she keeps fighting them off from like from the fields with like a hoe (laughs) and shit so um, and so she's kind of like this is that and basically their food is coming in less and less the crops are failing more and more and they discover that the, the witch they slayed had some kind of magic tied to the land that's now failing which is making the land less prosperous so they gotta figure out what's going on also, Evelyn the Floating Eyeball is back. <laughs> nice. And there's this shot with, a, with like a hoe and a shovel and stuff like that, fighting a monster, which leads to this shot. Oh, nice. Which is just amazing. Evelyn's the best. <laughs> I'll hear no word of the otherwise. Um, and basically the guy that was always telling her to settle down was like, hey, something's going on with the magic. We need someone to go to the other continent and solve this problem with an adventure. And she's like, you just told me to calm down and settle down and i'm finally doing it he's like yeah i know it's like fine (laughs) so yeah we're off on our adventure so i really like it i love this character she's so much fun i love evelyn uh they hit that we're gonna go see the unicorns because they're going to their continent so we're gonna see them again i just i just love this book it's fantastic so very very excited that it's back and can't wait to see where it goes so uh but that's it for me for scout Next, we're going to switch over to All Hail Behemoth. And Josue has a book. I have a book. I'm going to start with mine first. Mine's a one. His is a final. So it's kind of hard to pick which one goes first. Oh, we'll go yeah. with mine. Never Ender Number One. Story, art, and design by Devin Craft. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so this book. Well, first of all, this, this cover. It's just yeah. it's just it's very Behemoth. And then the back cover. Mm-hmm. And you see this right here. God bless the ring is what it says. So this is a sci-fi story. Okay. And I'm not going to get too much into it, but it's set in a world where high powered propellant can get you from place to place in the universe, basically, as long as you can afford it. So the rich can get from place to place. They can go make their lands wherever they want, be wealthy, but the poor don't have enough money to be able to do so. So they're just trapped where they are. And, you know, it's very much like, you know, kind of like in our real life. If you're poor, you're kind of trapped where you are. You're not really going to go anywhere, you know. So there's also a whole subplot about these gladiator games where these people fight to the death and they get ranked up as they do so. And they have these very specific rules to them. This is barely mentioned, but I think I know where it's going with that. Uh, But the main character is this kid who is an asshole. (laughs) Like, just an asshole. Um, his dad sucks. Don't get me wrong. It's not his fault. He's just an asshole, though. But he's really good at fighting. He could punch really fucking hard. And he's known for getting in fist fights and stuff, getting arrested. Well, he has very much a almost like a Doc Brown character that's like a scientist. It's this dude, the bald dude. Huh. Yeah. Who's like his buddy. It's like the only person he seems to get along with. And he's like, Yeah, so I have, um, I have a spaceship and some jet fuel. And like, as soon as we get everything ready, we can actually go somewhere. And he's like, wow, that's cool. Then a big riot starts. Uh, He tells the boy to hide in the, in the ship and the doctor ends up dying in the riot. And so he's sitting there hiding the ship and is this Dr. Urasawa's vitals are offline. He's like, and he's like, God damn it. This city takes everything and punches the ground, Mm -hmm. which causes the ship to shoot off. (gasps) <gasps> and he shoots off into space. Oh shit! Yeah, and so we're gonna we're gonna see where he goes. I really like this. I thought it was fun. If he becomes one of these gladiators, and depending on the tone they want to go with, they could kind of make it fun, where he's like one punch man, where he doesn't use a sword like the others and just punches them. Okay, be great. I'd love that. <laughs> um, or if they take it more seriously, obviously it's a good way to do it. Obviously, there's a lot of political unrest and stuff, so it seems more of a serious book. But um, it's really interesting. I like the. Overcoming the situation you were born into theme. Yeah. I always like that. So, yeah, it was really, really good. I actually really dug it. I think you'd probably like it too. So, but yeah. Uh, next up for Josue, Follow Me Into Darkness 4.
1: Follow Me Into Darkness number 4. Uh, this one, uh, written R, and covers by Damon Connolly with the assistance of Anna Shadowcat and Athos, Athos Pastor with lettering. So, we reached the end of the darkness of. The promise into the following follow me into darkness and yeah it really it, this one this one thankfully didn't jump back and forth a lot or really at all like it did like like it's been doing the last three issues of telling it on two different days or like the 10 days before and the moments after the apocalypse happened and it's because it's really handling that moment of it happening uh god damn it so, Jolene, basically, we discover her powers are to just, are basically just, like, erasure. Like, everybody just gets, like, pixelated out of existence, and it's like, they die. At least, at least that's what everybody believes, though it's not necessarily the case. But nobody knows for sure. Um, so, yeah, so Jolene basically kills A- A- Edgy in the last issue, and now everybody's kind of, like, against her, because she's, like, the one basically going to cause, cause everything, to which she does. Um, she 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 basically she does unlock the darkness, and that's basically promising. That that's the the outcome that we've been reading. That, that I, I thought I thought this is gonna lead. I thought we we're going to like it's gonna be like a whole um a bait and switch that they're going to gonna avert the the apocalypse, even though we've been kind of seeing it of like the the kind of the aftermath, uh, or maybe they're gonna like rectify it, but. No, like it happened, then we got we just get the details of like the events that followed of like kind of a what what we've known Its just like it was basically filling in like the middle, like the end is filling in the middle um with the darkness following it was also just like I guess like a bunch of atomic bombs just went out like it was just people just did die, and they had to just kind of like adapt after that. that's why it really was the apocalypse um so now we kind of get like the post part after. The apocalypse, and they're gonna go after Jolene again. Only she's just like the book just ends with her erasing herself. It was just like before getting even getting to her, it just she just says bye to everyone, and kind of like the darkness went away. So they, so with her going away, kind of I guess like she kind of also fixed her own apocalypse here. And I guess everything was was okay. But then that's, that's really just now where it just cuts. It just goes with the end, and then we get to we get an epilogue of Jolene meeting up, meeting up again with Yuko, the, the the brother, and and but I'm pretty sure this is where where we get to like it's they're not dead. I'm pretty sure them being flipped out of that other existence was to just go to this other elsewhere, not not necessarily being dead, and then they're just being left there, just almost. as they're just going to figure it out being here. And that's where this part gets left out. It gets left over. And the epilogue too, is just almost like a, it was kind of a gag to, towards one of the assholes that gets beheaded, but is kept alive. And there's a moment where I guess, yeah, when they're all going to come back for the 2.0 to take care of Julian before she erases herself, the head is, uh, the head is just pleading to, to kill him. To, 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 so, so he can just stop being ahead and being miserable. But after all of that, they literally forgot about him in that house. So that's kind of the end. And then you turn the page, and then it says definitely the end, and then parentheses, or maybe not. So we'll see. Um, one of my gripes on this was the pages after eight, no, six plus, after nine issues, it sucks that the 10th one, they had to change the the paper quality, because that was one of the reasons why I stuck with the book, was the presentation of this book. Even though I was kind of lost throughout it, um, I just really, really liked looking at it. And then this issue, the, for the last issue, it really went all out with like, the, like I was saying, like, there's some presentation in this book where it's just like some of the best pages of, like, throughout the whole series. And it wasn't to like my pages. It was just like, uh, it was just like my, my one gripe with this one. But yeah, maybe it was, it was an interesting ending. Maybe now I can <laughs> actually tackle all 10 issues together and it actually makes the most sense. Uh, but yeah, it was one hell of a project. Nice.
0: All right, and uh, next up is Dark Horse Comics. Um, I'm going to start with We Have Demons, number three. Three of three, by the way. It's the end. At least of the book one, it says. Okay. uh, Probably come back. By Scott Snyder, uh, Greg Capullo, Jonathan Glapion, uh, Dave McKegg, and Tom Napolitano. Um, I'm not going to go beat by beat. It was pretty great. It does resolve the first arc and does have some really cool moments, Mm -hmm. um, including, uh, I mean, this is spoilery, but basically the whole point is they're trying to look for more of the, the holy metal that to make the swords that can kill the demons. And they projected that this, this meteor was going to fall with a whole bunch of it in it. So they end up fighting this demon and they like chop her to pieces, but she, but she ends up reforming and she gives like, a demon speech where it's like you think this is over you're so fucking stupid all of you have no idea what you're going to it's no clue what's coming and then she just gets hit by the meteor oh awesome it <laughs> kills her which is excellent and they're like holy shit that's enough to make like a thousand swords so now the whole thing is they're recruiting they're making a bunch of swords and recruiting more soldiers and it's great so it was really good it ended very well it definitely Brought to close everything in the first arc. So definitely check it out. I really liked it. Um, but it does say, like, yeah, um, end of book one is what it says. So we'll okay. see. And then we also have Avatar Adapter Die Number Two. I'm not going to talk about it for very long. It's obviously the Avatar movie series uh, written by Karina Bechko, art by Benny Lobel, color by Wes DeZoba, and letter by Michael Heisler. Now it is kind of branching the two movies and how. The two societies are coming together, and it deals with a plague in the um, Navi uh, group, with all the children getting sick. So I'm not going to get too much into it because it is an issue too, you know. Um, but as we go on, I'll probably talk about it a little bit more. But yeah, good issue. I think it. Um, I, it ended with a really cool like last page. I thought I like that. So, yep. Quick dark horse jaunt. Let's talk about image comic books. Um, we don't have a ton this week, Coastway. Yeah. Uh, but what we have, we have quality. Is what we have. Yes,
1: yes, we do. So,
0: <laughs> little monsters, number four. Oh, written by Jeff Lemire, drawn by Dustin Nguyen, letter by Steve Wands. Um, so this is the one with the little kid vampires. In case anyone's wondering, um, I really liked this issue. Uh, I honestly got kind of sick of some of the kids by the end of it, but it's the ones I think I'm supposed to be sick of. Yeah. I was kind of annoyed by the twins at a certain point. So, you know what happens at the end of this. (laughs) So, um, and then I never remember his name, their name, this fucking kid. Right. The one who's causing all the problems. Yes. Is a little bitch and I hate him. (laughs) So, but I really like the other team. Uh, you know, the one with the little girl. Right, right. Uh, Romy and I forget the other two's name, but, um... I really like them. I think they're interesting. I'm very curious to see where that goes. And I do think it's very interesting that the, the one with the guitar mm-hmm. says, I'd forgotten what they smell like, which means he remembers. Yeah. And never told the others, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, I thought it was a really good issue. I thought it had some pretty shocking moments, especially at the end. Yeah, you know but
1: uh yeah really good what do you think um, I think this is probably like my favorite issue uh, I did I, I, oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed the other the other three but there is this like mystery tone obviously on purpose but it all it, it kind of made those issues go by a little too fast every single time where I wanted a little bit more about the lore or just just knowing a little little bit more about the kids and kind of like one of the reasons why I love this issue so much was getting kind of the backstory on the twins it was they kind of they were kind of the ones that, that made the this issue for me and it's kind of like what i've been uh, what i've been seeking f- from this issue it's just like give me a little bit more words give me a little bit more more story about about what's going on around it because yeah. it's, it's a mini it's like it's it's all it's it's, it's it's wrapping up and like you you're just not giving me information so um yeah we're
0: starting to get origins
1: which is nice. right or or even like movement around like when they when they find the, when they find the camp and how it quickly goes to shit i really like that scene especially with how she shows up how she just stands there yeah so creepy i, I love this yeah. issue this is this, this is the issue I, i've been waiting for some of the best v- visuals of the series so far yeah even. which made me which actually made me bummed out about the ending like the cliffhanger, i was like you quickly just took that away from me <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> all right next up is the finale oh question mark for step by bloody step Oh boy! Okay, story by Seisbury, art by Matthias Bergara, letter or colors by Matthias Lopes, graphic design by Emma Price, and glyphology by Jim Campbell. So, in the end, it was truly dialogless. Yep. Except for the very last line, which wasn't even dialogue; it was stage direction. So, uh, which is a girl awake or girl wakes. So, I thought this was really good. Um, I thought this definitely tied the story together very well at the end. I thought it was really sad. I think my favorite moment was early in the issue where for her entire life, this robot has been carrying her and then she carries it. And I thought that was the best like full circle thing. Just this last shot mm-hmm. of her just dragging it. I just loved that. But yeah, it definitely came full circle. I thought it was really cool visually. I definitely want going to sit down and read all four again back to back just to kind of like make sure I catch everything because it's one of those books I think you need to catch. Just start it over.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I thought it was very beautiful. There's some really great, beautiful imagery in this issue specifically. What did you think?
1: Uh, I mean, I... I really enjoyed it because I, I wasn't here for the last one, and I really enjoyed that that last issue. So it was very harder to to listen to Liz's uh, review on that one because boy was that a good issue. She was so wrong. I mean, it's uh, not for
0: everybody. It's, it's no, yeah. it is it is a dialogue less story. So if it doesn't click with you, you're not gonna like it. You know what I mean? Like it does. It can't explain itself. That's just the way it is. You know. So I get That's I get where she's coming from, but I totally understand what you're saying too
1: um but yeah it it was it was really good i I love that it was all there in the end even getting like the the whole cycle part i kind of went around this one over Mm -hmm. and over and seemed like oh yeah like the book is right here you just have to keep it fucking spinning over and over it just sucks until maybe there's like a lesson to be learned which there is but it's almost like you have to like but there's a with a do-over maybe something will be right without having to do a do-over right and, yeah, that's, 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 I, that's what I really liked about the optimism optimis about this about this book. And it's just, like, as sad as it is.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's very interesting. I think it'll be – v- there's already an advertisement for the, the trade. Yes. Like
1: 160
0: just straight through. So I'm ve- I think it'll be a very gorgeous one to have and be mm-hmm. very interesting to read through. So, yep. I would like to see when Sai starts doing some interviews about this book. Oh, for sure. And talking about what he intended and stuff like that to compare what I saw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Right next up. The Closet number 1. Um so I didn't pick up either of the the one shots from Image from the old school Image style. Mhm. Like they did like I think it's called Vanguard or something. Okay. There was like a Savage Dragon one. it is they're trying to do like the old Image style. Oh, yeah, that's right. Up. So, uh, in case anyone was wondering. So, written by James Tynion the 4th, art by Gavin Fullerton, colors by Chris Holleran, letter by Tom Napolitano. This was a really interesting story about a really troubling relationship, first of all, mm-hmm. um, but all too familiar for some people. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's not an outright abusive relationship. It's not like he's hitting anybody. He's just shitty. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's also a creepy, creepy story about a monster in a closet. <laughs> an absolutely fucking terrifying looking monster yes from what we could see from it and the pacing was excruciatingly terrifying <laughs> like i was absolutely terrified the entire time reading this book but i thought it was really cool i'm really excited to see where this one goes i loved the bit where he tried to trick the kid where he's like, "This is unicorn piss." She's like, "No, it's not. It's water. So you got it from the tap." And I was like, "Yes, yeah,
1: it's so, so is again really shitty dad."
0: Yeah, exactly. Like he doesn't get the point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I, I really liked this. I think it's it's got it's given me very the one the one uh, the one you love in the dark.
1: The me you love in the dark. Yeah. No,
0: the me you love in the dark. Yeah. Sorry, gives me kind of that kind of vibe, like the dread.
1: Yeah, it's already building that kind of dread, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like yeah. so yeah uh what do you think no I, I i i really like this again i was like the tone is just gonna be there the creep factor was on point was top notch uh it was just I, I and i really liked like the the final the final just like it's like shit bow to put on top of this like uh on this dude where it's just like where it's like obviously they're not to to not make her or to to solidify that she's just not coming off as naggy really because like she's she she definitely deserves to be pissed is when he fucking shows up with of all things on moving day, fucking masking tape. I was I was yeah. pissed for her, dude. <laughs> I know, right? Oh god, what a dick move! <laughs> Come home drunk, yeah. Much later with the wrong kind of tape. Oh like, mask! Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, and the, the reveal of that it's like it's not just like the new original type of like grotesque big monster or it's just like weird is everywhere, tentacles. No, it's so simple and it's so creepy, it can be like the scariest thing in the world. Yeah. And it's
0: just, it's how you present it. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Good. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So, I'm
1: excited. Yeah. I think it it's gonna be a three-parter. Us... So, going we be like A short, sweet one, too.
0: Oh, I didn't know it was going to be that short. So, uh, which brings us to our um, last image book and a finale of sorts. Not the end of the book, but definitely the end of this arc. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. What's the furthest place from here? Number six. Written by Tyler Boss and Matthew Rosenberg. A letter by Hassan El How. Um Yeah, man. Um, well, let's just put it this way. The ridiculous cast page we always talk about. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be a problem anymore. <laughs> so... Uh, impossible to talk about without spoiling too much. So I'm not going to get too deep into it, but the first arc has been incredible. I've really enjoyed it. Our cast gets pared down very much. So unless they want to bring them all back together, I think. Um, And in the end, we do get an answer about Sid. Oh yeah. And that's really, really interesting because of course this panel the yeah, it says a lot, so I really loved this first Stark. I cannot wait to see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm just excited. So, uh, what did you think?
1: I mean, it, it's just it's, it's awesome. Okay, first of all, like one of the easiest ways to, to make me laugh, um, is just seeing or hearing anybody suffer through a throw up. So, get, So first of all, Mallory holding into the throw up in the very beginning and then it happening and then slowly trickling to proof rock. I was dying. I I just I love the how stupid the jokes are to just make me just crack up like every fucking time and and then just to open up with that. And I actually really love the the Gravitron ride. And I love that one of the assholes was the the, the Auburn fuck Uh, that he's like standing up. Cause I used right? to do dumb shit uh, in the gravity all the time, like make myself go upside down, trying to see what like holding on to a rail, like trying to like like test my strength, uh, like to well, once it was like a max speed, <laughs> I was stupid, I was stupid, <laughs> and, and so so getting, getting this opening scene was like, oh, I would be one of these dumbass ass kids with this group, I'd probably be dead by this point, but rolling with these guys, but I'd still be happy, um, but it was it was just it was awesome, God, I love this book so much, and yeah. yeah, where we thought it was like, where we, we don't know where it's gonna go that's very much the fucking case. Cause I'm not sure it's something I, I kept forgetting to bring up for the news. Um, I'm not sure if I actually did touch on it, but I'm not sure if you saw Rosenberg's tweet like a while ago where he mm-hmm. kind of just showed like his desktop and it was about um what's the furthest place from here. And it's basically the longevity of this book. It was, it's basically it was like a, it was really like a spreadsheet and it was saying it was, there was tabs on the volumes and like issues going up to like around the twenties. Or now, I think interesting. So it could, it could go on for a while. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I'm very excited
0: for it. I can't wait for it to be back. So nice. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to switch over to DC Comics, and it's an anemic week for DC. Hostway, we're going to start with Nice House in the Lake Number Nine.
1: Oh man. Okay, Nice House in the Lake Number Nine. Written by James Tynan IV, uh art and covers by Alvaro Martinez Bueno, and colors by Jordi Belair with Anne World Design as the lettering. So I think we are nearing the end of the book here. And what can we touch upon in this one? Um Ryan, pretty much like the the friend who's like the friend who's been like the least amount time friends with Walter, she finds the window that Nora is behind on and Nora basically just starts literally starts info dumping through a steam window saying like, yo, you guys are being lied to. Well, again, <laughs> about, about Walter, about your memories. So just keep in mind what was happening. Uh, just like, y'all just need to be alert. Like, it's not what y'all think. Just like, at least like she knows this information. She doesn't really pass it over to the others, but obviously they're, they're going to start catching on because they're the ones that are, are, thinking about, okay, maybe we should go back home now. Maybe I kind of want to talk to my folks. It was like, why are we here for so long? They're also figuring, figuring their own shit out. Oh, I mean, by figuring their own shit out is that they realized there was an accident. Uh, the The artist that showed up, like the friend that showed up out of nowhere, like he was lost in the other room because um, he was kind of stressed out because he I mean, he's been stressed out because he's just been making all these mock-ups for everybody's design requests for around, around, uh, around the place. So the massage, the, the, the masseuse is going to give them a fucking acupuncture, the massage. Only it doesn't work because they're kind of be, they're kind of, they've kind of been immortal. Basically what they find out is like every two minutes, every single needle would just poke out or just stick out, would come out. And, mm. they re, and then they started testing, they started testing by inci- uh, c- uh, cutting an incision on themselves and then instantly healing. And they, so they show it to everyone. So the whole group is now figuring out that shit's not fucking right. Meanwhile, Nora, uh, it's like, um, Ryan, as she was eavesdropping with Nora, Nora um, Nora's going to have a meeting with Walter. And Walter's, like, going to show her a different door, a different portal, so to speak. And Nora had let Ryan know, like, at this time, there's going to be a small window for you to just, like, check it out. As in, wink, wink, follow us through. And that's kind of where it ends. Like, Walter does meet up with Nora. And they go to yeah they literally go up, uh, a hexagon door open so it's like it's not the ship it's where are they are going and then Ryan is ba- it barely runs it through and is able to make it to a door so we'll see I don't know if the next I don't know if the next one will be the last one
0: interesting yeah hmm I mean I I really like this book I wish I'd got on from the beginning but yeah
1: it, it's, it's a good little dread without just being without just having like the gore it's, it's not really that it's just like a good thriller
0: yeah definitely all right uh two creepy books from james this week next up shadow war omega number one oh, one yeah. shot of course the shadow war has concluded and very satisfactorily written by joshua williamson art by steven segovia mike henderson howard porter colors by Hi-Fi, and letters by troy patery so we kind of talked about the big reveal of geoforce in the mm-hmm. last issue Kind of explained it. I, I didn't really think about it from the Talia point of view, like why he hated Talia. And this book does a really good job of explaining
1: why. Did you read that book? Obviously, what we're going to talk about. Did you read what? Checkmate?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I I read that because it was Checkmate versus Leviathan. Yeah, okay. And that was when Talia was like a quadruple agent and shit. She was betraying uh-huh. everybody. So, um, but yeah, so. I didn't really put it together with Geoforce because I forgot he was even like that nationality. It didn't click with me in my head at the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we kind of wrap it up. And unfortunately, I mean, like some DC events, the change is kind of undone immediately. Right. And that bothers me. Like, just let things breathe a little bit. You know what I mean? The good news is that Talia seems to. I I think this book was about Talia. In the end. It was about Talia and Damien. And I think that was really well done. I think Talia definitely had a character arc, and I think it was treated very well. I think it also did a really good job of making Bruce better by the end, not the worst father in the world, and definitely repairing that relationship with Damien, which I thought was pretty good. Right. I still think it was a little bit like, well, we need it to work, so let's make it work. Mm -hmm. And probably because Dark Crisis is coming, (laughs) so they just need to resolve that before that point. Um, but yeah, I liked a lot of this. My only issue is, and I kind of hinted at it a moment ago, is that stroke died. Just let him be dead for a little bit. Yeah, like it, he didn't even make it out of the series dead. Like right. he came back, and that I was just, I was really annoyed by that. But other than that, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a good ending. Everything made sense. We got Batman Inc. back. Talia got a great arc. I, what more could I ask for? So, what do <laughs> you think?
1: Um yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that where like I, I think it's definitely Damien's book, but the repercussions, the the to last from here, from this point, was definitely for Talia. I like, I I'm I'm curious her on her red not to say redemption arc, but her just like going along with what Damien wanted. Or at least like what with what he said. And yeah, and that part with like with Bruce just like just acting like a father, as like the part where I just like the important part to me was when Damien asked like like um can you trust me? And either the cliche Batman, no, or any response or take into action. He did the best thing he could have done. What he always does fucking nothing. And I like that. He just stood there and just let his boy do what he want, what he had to do. So that was a really, that was a really good moment. And yeah, it was a scene for just Damien and Talia. And I like that actually, that scene actually like breathed for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It also tied up everything with Leviathan and checkpoint or checkmate. I think that, kind of brings that all to a close and brings us uh to our next book justice league road to dark crisis Ooh, okay dark crisis is coming people this is actually an anthology book mm-hmm. so it's got four stories in it i'm not going to break them down too much uh the first story is written by joshua williamson with pencils by dan jurgens and norm ratman doing the inks high five coloring uh second one jeremy adams rosie comp matt herms chuck brown fico Asocio or ocio sebastian chang Philip Kennedy Johnson, Layla DeLuca, Jordy Belair, Stephanie Phillips, Clayton Henry, Marcelo Mayo, and Josh Reed doing the letters for everybody. And this is kind of dealing with the aftermath of the justice league dying. Um, so we have like Nightwing and John Kent teaming up and being like, we have to, you know, we have to do this. And we have a thing with the flash where it's, um, it's Wally and, um, and kid flash working together, basically being like when Barry, when Barry dies, Central City gets out of control, so we have to basically be extra careful to take down as many people as we can, because the, they can get out of control. Then we got a really cool one. I thought was Hal Jordan chasing a bad guy back to Earth. He doesn't know the Justice League is dead because he wasn't there and he was in space. Oh, so so he's like calling for help, but no one's coming. And Jackson Hyde shows up and helps him. And he's just like Jackson. Oh, where, where's everybody? He's like they're dead, and he has to tell Hal Jordan that everybody's dead. Fuck. I know it was very intense and he's like well you know young kids are gonna have to step up he's like we'll be ready and then there's a story about Pariah to kind of give you an idea of who Pariah is um, because he's gonna be the bad guy (laughs) and then there is also the last story is between Stephanie and um, oh god, what's her name Uh, Nocturna who is one of the villains and um, basically Stephanie stops her and there's a tease as to what's gonna happen in Dark Crisis where uh, Firefly meets Nocturna. He's like, hey, I have an offer. The Secret Society has a place for you. Mm. And she's like, why would I join you? He goes, we have a plan, Nocturna. And it's much bigger than Batman. Or than Gotham. And it's like all the rogues. Oh. Like every bad guy teamed up. Including like Gentleman Ghosts. Like there's some there's some actual names in here. <laughs> Prometheus and stuff. So we'll see what that's going to be like.
1: Okay, just, what, do, what does he say over here? Because... It's also what, what he says. Uh, the screw oh, the crisis. I have a new contract to finish. We're killing everyone at the end of the yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. At the end of that one. So, um, But we'll see. I, I think it's really cool. I, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, it does kind of make me think of, was it Final Crisis? The one where all the bad guys teamed up. <laughs> like, and That was kind of the story. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to see where it's going to go from there. But yeah, very cool. Uh, lots of fun characters. So oh, was it, was it for,
1: Forever Evil during New 52?
0: It was the one with it was Villains United. Oh, okay, okay. And it was literally everybody was teaming up. Like mm-hmm. the only one they wouldn't bring in was the Joker because he was too unpredictable. None of them could trust him, basically. Yeah. So of course Joker has to be special. So but yeah, I'm excited. Uh very light DC Week, but we're definitely setting up. I'll, I'm gonna be getting all of Dark Crisis. <sighs> good. At least tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so all right, well, time to switch to Marvel Comics. Well, we have a couple <laughs> of books this week. First of all, Captain Marvel number 38. I got this very cover because I think it's cute.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, So I'm back on the Captain Marvel train because Black Widow and Spider-Woman both got canceled. I got to rep some Marvel ladies and Captain Marvel one. Plus, I've been reading a bit of it on and off as it goes anyway. So written by Kelly Thompson, art by Juan Frigueri and Alvaro Lopez color by jordy belair and letter by clayton cowles so do you remember last time i talked about captain marvel where binary is like a new character yes like the binary power is its own character at the end of that issue carol disappeared and now like spectrum and everybody are out looking for her and it's just spider spider woman and binary holding up the slack and binary is just learning how to be on earth how to be human basically and everybody, like a bunch of people think she's actually Carol Danvers and stuff, and it's it's actually a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of cute moments where she learns the word crap and keeps saying it, and they're like, oh no, <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and then the cool thing is we get a tease at the end where Carol is, and she appears to be on another planet somewhere, fighting monsters, hmm. and there's kind of an implication of like She doesn't know what's going on. She's lost her memory. But then you realize she's actually not there. It's like a simulation in her mind. And she's tied up in a chair that has some magical stuff on it. And it's revealed who's holding her captive. Agatha Harkness. Oh, no no shit. It was Agatha all along. And she also has the Enchantress and Scarlet Witch tied up too. Yeah. So... We'll see. We'll see what's going on there. So uh, good stuff. I loved it. Next up, Ghost Rider 3. I had to get this variant because it's amazing.
1: Uh, it's ooh, literally him
0: on the side of a building. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great idea. So uh, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Corey Smith and Brent Peoples. Inked by Roberto Poggi and Brett Pe- Peoples, colored by Ryan Villains, and letter by Travis Lanham. Um, yeah, we're just kind of still dealing with the Spirit of Vengeance tour of the of the uh, country, basically. Johnny Blaze going around finding some shit that needs to be corrected and correcting that shit in a Ghost Rider style. This time, it's a truck, a semi truck that's just wrecking people. You read this one, right? Yeah, I know totally. Okay, okay good. And of course, well, what does Ghost Rider do to a semi truck? He makes his own semi truck, which is insane looking. Of course, really cool. I really dug it. It is dealing with into more of the relationship between the two of them, and how he doesn't quite trust the Ghost Rider. You know, he, he saves the innocent kid, and he's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Because you're, you're basically, I'm I'm gonna be out of control. Yeah. Um. So I think that's really cool. We're kind of going back to basics of Ghost Rider, which is really interesting. We also get more information about Agent War Road. And about her background, and about how she is the darkness, you know, and all that stuff. I thought that was really cool. So, uh, what do you think?
1: Um, no, it's, 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 I'm really liking this Ghost Rider issue, the uh, series, because it, it does take me back to the the Daniel Wade and Jason Aaron run from like the mid 2000s run. It's just like it's that that good, just like just the the black just the black top fucking Ghost Rider focus story, and it's almost, it almost feels like a supernatural episode on this one, especially with like the the whole semi track. 100 like, or x files or something like that. right yeah. um even adding to like the 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 dude who pick who picks him up the 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 murderer that, that picks him up i was like that that yeah. scene was like played out really creepily too um I, i'm really liking it just three issues in and it just it has like a good creep factor that's like that is set in the mu exactly yeah
0: awesome next up avengers forever number six which Hosway needs to catch up on because yeah. needs his opinion on Every age. time you tell me, so, I really like
1: it every time you talk to me about it.
0: So this is the multidimensional Avengers that are currently composed of Robbie Reyes, the All-Rider from Earth-616, a Deathlock, and Tony Stark, Ant-Man of Earth-818. And we meet a new member of the team in a world where there is King Killmonger, which is Killmonger in the Destroyer armor. Oh, shit. That he shit. stole from the Norse gods. Uh-huh. He travels the multiverse killing every T'Challa he can find. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. And there's an origin that is like very Superman for this T'Challa. Mm-hmm. It's like parents send him off in a rocket ship oh, before yeah. he's killed. Like it's very Superman. I thought it was great. Um, but long story short, T'Challa, this T'Challa is trained and they call him the Sky Spider, I think it was. Hmm. Um, so he has like Spider Man webbing and stuff. He lives on Chandralar, which is the um the Shiar, I believe. Yeah. Uh capital. And he's he's like fighting King Killmonger's bad guys. But they make a point, they're like Um Basically like Killmonger's above the above the planet, and it's like Um He basically like the right here is this. All I wanted since the day my rocket crashed here was to someday come face to face with the man who murdered my family, my country, my earth. But now when that chance has finally come, when my vengeance at last is within my grasp, Killmonger looks down from above, shrugs, and decides it's not worth his time. And just blows up the entire planet. Oh. He's in his, his ray, right? But, and this is where we call him Sky Spider, but really his name is Vibranium Man. <laughs> And you discover that his entire costume is basically, basically, imagine extremists, but mm-hmm. made of vibranium. Ooh, okay. So it literally like wraps around him to
1: save him. Nice.
0: Yeah, and so it saves him. He becomes full on bright vibranium man. A few minutes later, he gets into a fist fight with Kill- King Killmonger. Uh, they fight. Killmonger blasts him full on in the face. With his blast that just destroyed a planet, yeah. But the vibranium absorbs it, of course. Uh huh. And then he just fucking tosses him out a hole into the sun. Toss vibranium man out. Oh! But here, but here's the thing. The Avengers show up. These the multiversal Avengers, like he's right here somewhere, and they're like, looking. There's like the sun. They're like, it says he's in the sun, <laughs> and in the sun, they find out that he was wrapped in a vibranium cocoon. By his armor yeah he's just been sitting in the sun and they're like the forces he must have been subjected to there's no telling what they've done to him and then he just rips out and comes out and looks like this
1: <gasps> whoa
0: and it says now i have the power of the white hot heavens coursing through my veins you may call me the star panther <laughs> the last wakandan the man who will kill the killmonger fuck so cool! I love these characters so much. It's like it's a what-if series, basically. Yeah, so, it's really cool. But they all cross over. <laughs> That's the only difference. So, love it. Next up, Black Panther number six. I got the AAPI cover because it's Kama. Oh yeah, so love her. This is such a dope issue. Yeah, such written dope. by John Ridley, art by Stefano Landini, color by Met Me, and letter by Joe Sabino. Um, yeah, dope issue. Uh, T'Challa has given up the mantle of the Black Panther and is running mm-hmm. from. Content forces uh, Shuri and uh, what's her name? Homalola. Homalola, thank you. Are like trying to help him and they call for help. He's about to go down and what happens? Hope comes from above, hi- from high. And who is it? It's Storm, his ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> who wrecks all the bad guys and then just starts electrocuting him <laughs> for her. <laughs> which I was like, that's extreme. Uh, so... Uh, basically she's like you gentle and he's like explain this shit and it's like Meh. and then he's basically they're like oh we got you back up and they show up and they're like, we got you back up and he's like oh yeah she's right here he's like no not storm and they find out it's all the loyal wakandans and I love it it's gonna be so good the
1: door is like dude cause, yeah, cause they're, they're finding the, the Hattu the, the Hattu, uh Zahaz yeah. so yeah. To, to clap back with the Dormilage.
0: I wasn't sure if they were all supposed to be just the door cause the one in front has hair so oh okay yeah that that was my kind of question about it. i was kind of like maybe but then i guess they are all bald in the background so that makes sense but um but yeah really cool um and storm there as well they talk about their relationship and why their marriage was annulled which was really interesting
1: yeah actually um, address it because i've i've, actually, I've been mm-hmm. curious like when or how it happened but it's like it's actually just plainly said the house and the wise
0: and i love in the end it's like storm wasn't there for backup storm was there to kick his ass Yes. yeah yeah <laughs> like, she's like i guess i'll help you asshole so i really like that so yeah good stuff
1: also man they keep talking about jai like a little too close to the heart i saw your tweet
0: still. I, I, th- I think you're reading a little into that
1: i mean even so does sort of storm
0: yeah i just a little bit so does storm. But still, but... yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right next up is strange number three i definitely didn't pass up this cover
1: Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Strange number three, written by Jed McKay, pencil by Marcella Ferreira, inked by Roberto Poggi and Don Ho, colored by Hava Tartaglia, and letter by Corey Petit. Um, <laughs> God, Clea's amazing. Clea's awesome. Um, you read this one, right? Fuck yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, basically, is pissed because of the hit on the, the market, the magic market, and is like, all right, fuck y'all. And it all comes against the Rose, who's been making the rounds since he's come back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically sets her up. They use a magic thing. It's like now you don't have any magic power, and she's like, "Oh bitch, oh bitch, you don't, you don't know what you." Now just I don't did have done. any
1: earth magic powers. Yeah.
0: she's like, "You don't. You you used to fucking with Stephen Strange. <laughs> 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 Stephen Stephen would be easy on you. I am gonna fucking wreck you guys." So she just uses her unholy magic powers turns them all to stone like it's no big fucking deal and uh finds a bunch of computers and her and mong are trying to figure everything out it's really fun and yeah i'm really curious to see where this is going to be going um i i love clea establishing herself as completely different than dr strange in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. so that people don't think they're just the same it's just a sub out you know what I mean? It's not just a gender bent version of the character. She's completely different. I also did some math, and she says she's the niece of Doran Mamu, which means she's Doyle's cousin.
1: Oh, <gasps> <Aww. laughs> so yeah, so yeah, really cool. What do you think? Uh, I- I'm loving this issue. It's, it's I like that we're kind of. Like- we're letting the story go forward instead of like we're still lingering with like the harvester and shit like that it's like it, it's definitely clear just like making like, her name for herself I guess like as now the current source sorcerer supreme and fucking is she that, that that was just super dope i was curious like oh how is she gonna tackle this with, no, with no magic oh just her own real magic and yeah it, it was just awesome i'm curious on this this new villain this is uh director nobody it's pretty cool
0: yeah I kind of wanted her to just pull out an axe and chop them all down. Like, yep. actually not use magic. Cause she's <laughs> like, I'm a warlord, motherfucker. <laughs> like, So, yeah. All right. Let's swing over to the streets of New York. Hostway has a pair of Spidey books for us. Let's talk about Carnage 3 first.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, we'll stick to New York with Carnage. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm catching up with uh, on issues 2 and 3. Because 2 came out with them when I went LARPing. And 3 came out this week. Um, so, Carnage, written by Rom V. Uh, Artist by Ro- Roger uh, Antonio, uh, colors by DJ Lima, and lettering by Joe Sabino. So it's, it's it's really interesting. It's really funny how where this Carnage book is going because um, back with Johnny Cates, the whole um, was it Absolute Carnage? That whole path was Carnage going after everybody who ever had a symbiote codex in, in, in them. So he can be like the one true. Um, symbiote and then call upon fucking Noel. Obviously that didn't work out. There's actually a King in Black Black, and he's busy over on the other book. Um, So what's Carnage up to now? Like we had a cool like gruesome thriller detective story in the first issue that's still happening that I really like in the detective story. (laughs) But what is Carnage up to? Because he was after Hydro Man. He got him and he also picked up this serial killer killer that's like he's kind of showing him the ropes or he's like He might be like the new host, or like that he really wants to be the new host. But Carnage is kind of like, bro, you're like a little too thirsty. Like you're (laughs) you're a little too bad. (laughs) You're not really my type here, but I'll 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 keep lingering you on. It's actually pretty funny. Um, But what Carnage is after is after now is powers. He may he's maybe he's maybe been thinking about certain villains like Hydro Man. He basically, for all intents and purposes, kills him by. Taking away his hydro powers. That's why. That's why I kind of love joking that <laughs> that Carnage is is uh, half water type now. He's gonna use it eventually <laughs> for something. And now for it, during issue two, it's uh, then it leads off into for issue three that he's after the spot. He wants the spot's powers, some teleportation, quick quick in and out. So it's, it's a whole it's a whole uh, fight between between the two, and it's really cool because like the spot thing is like he can just go away, get away from all spots. But Carnage is just literally doubles down and sends all of his tentacles through every spot, and eventually it's going to get him. And he just uses it. He overwhelms him. He overwhelms his <laughs> own spots against him. Um, the serial killer kind of jumps in the way to kind of, or grabs the, the spot's leg to kind of distract him, and Carden just, like, seizes the opportunity and throws a tentacle over at him, and literally cuts the serial killer's hand off. And I was like, I was like fuck it, I'll, I'll use that to, to for, for his advantage, and, yeah, he goes into the spot and just kind of carnage himself in, from inside out and just, like, splits him into, into a bunch of shreds and takes takes the spot. The serial killer's kind of like, oh, my, my hand. And then Carnage is like, this is what I'm talking about. The transformation. Like, it's like, it's like I gave you a, a, a fucking pass here. Like, I gave you a, a moment of transformation. All you're complaining about is going back to your, your shitty little hand uh, no. Uh, so it's, it's really funny how he's just toying with them, because he keeps teasing him how it's, like, the detective. The detective is the one that's actually kind of, like, like, he's the one with, the, with, like, a purpose. He's the one that's actually transforming and, like, going, or, or like, at least following a cause, even though it's kind of, like, after Carnage, but, but at the same time, what, what I haven't said is that during an issue two, he was actually very close to catching the Carnage and and the serial killer. And, and it was it was when he was and it was when Carnage was absorbing the uh, Hydro powers, and because of like the whole distortion of like the powers trying to maybe like adapt into Carnage, it was a bunch of like almost like water waves or just like it's like uh, it, I guess maybe like it was very high pun or like in uh, high pressure because he almost like the detective almost got like he basically got killed like he kind of like all of his limbs got like shattered like kind of blown away, but Carnage caught him and basically was is was gonna glue him back together. And then you turn the page, and he's wak- he's he's waking up in a hospital. He he maybe is, uh, is hallucinating. Only this whole time, he's been kind of going crazy, and he's been hearing a certain voice in his head, like almost like giving him like bad thoughts or like giving him like bad hallucinations. And you think, oh shit, it's Carnage. He put his own symbiote in there. Only it's it's referring to himself as Cletus instead, and they've been very much separated since Cletus is supposed to be dead. It's turning out to be a very, very cool story. It could have been like the easiest Carnage story, but it's it's a really cool thriller, uh, uh, a a, a cool looming detective thriller here in a Carnage book. And it makes me think of, of an Aftershock book, if anything else. It kind of makes me think of Bunny Mask a little bit.
0: Nice. Awesome. Well, for a completely different Spidey book, let's talk about Miles Morales, 38.
1: Yes, to a whole different New York uh this one written by Saladina Ahmed. uh pencils by Christopher Allen and Alberto Fosh, inks by Orin Jr., Jose Marzan Jr. and Alberto Fosh, and colors by Brian Reber with lettering by Corey Petit. So we finally made it to the the Empire of the Spider. We finally made the portal to and was it last time I talked about when um um fucking I wish we got I wanna say both um Shift. When Shift and Miles were going through that last portal and mm-hmm. when they were crossing over, Miles was seeing these distorted memories of back from his clone song that just happened with uh, with Salim and Shift. and But they were all the wrong memories. Basically if, if it was right. what if Miles had died and, uh, and Salim just took over. And that's where we're at now. We're in this, po- not pocket, but it's like this trapped Brooklyn where Salim is running it. And it's closed off from the rest of the world it's like he's not he, he's not ruling the world he just owns this part and it's really like the way he runs it it really it is closed off from of the world and they can't get it and nobody can get in either um there's a resistance group that is run by or there's a general general genki and but he's like fucking much older it's like it's it's weird how maybe like how time is different here because right because the the one who's running the resistance is billy little baby billy little baby sister billy she's like running this resistance force and she's like so but my and miles is not saying or genki is telling miles like yo don't slip don't say that you're her brother because obviously he looked obviously he looks just like salim and billy hates salim and so they've been holding that information from him um to um he they tell her that starling was kind of like one of the first to to die um during the resistance so they kind of like she is she they basically treated as a martyr um so yeah, that's, it's kind of him like learning the ropes on like this, this fucked up reality, and how and what he can do to kind of help out around here, even though he looks just like Salim. Um, they, they, they take the fight to him. At least like, to one of the facilities, and it's like, oh, it's like maybe with me and Shift, we can turn the tides here now. But again, this is a what if Mouse had died during the Clone Saga. What if Mouse died during the Clone Saga and Salim took over, and Shift. Didn't didn't switch sides, so we have a lord shift that that comes in here, and of he's course. just like pretty much like two, like he's twice the size as our as our shift, and now so there's a whole struggle, which makes me think like what if there was a third clone, and I'm wondering where that one is. Maybe I wonder if they died or not. Right, but, yeah, but it,
0: weren't they unstable? Did they? I guess they resolved.
1: Shift was the only unstable one. The other one was more spider like, and I think yeah, they could still talk. I think they were more. They, they could talk uh, telepathically. That's what it was.
0: Didn't but didn't they like end up falling apart or something? Oh, that's right.
1: Uh, but I mean, like we're we're now in the empire. What if he figured it out here? Yeah,
0: yeah I was gonna say. I assume they figured it out as oh. well. Say, so
1: and that's right. And then for the cliffhanger to to stick around uh, for this the start of a pretty cool, dope event. Salim hasn't aged. Salim has been kind of keeping it young, even though Genki's older. Billy is uh, for all to, uh, an adult now, so it's like, what is going on here? So they basically do get to, like, at least, like, they do beat Lord, uh, <laughs> uh Lord Shift, and they find, uh, a room that's, like, oh, sign, got signs of electronic activity behind that door, and they burst it open, and it's, like, what the fuck, it, it almost looks like a, another cell, like, who's this, like, oh, shit, hey, old-timer, how long is it, like, it's, it's just an old guy, and it's, like, it's, like, wait, I know that face, those eyes, that's... Peter. <laughs> of so we have an old man, Peter up in this universe, up in this dimension. So it's a good start. It's a good start to this event. And I'm, I'm really hoping it's not like his climactic finisher. Cause this is a really good one. I want, I want, I still want way more from Slotty and Ahmed on miles. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no one's compared to him when it comes to miles. So yeah. He's, he's the master of miles. So that's mm-hmm. great. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, we're going to wrap up of course with the trip to Kirkoa, as always, we only got two books. First up is an alternate version of Krakoa with X-Men ninety two number two, House of XCII. Uh I'm assuming you read.
1: No, is the one I also need to catch up on.
0: Ah, written by Steve Fox, art by Salva Espen, colored by Israel Silva, and letter by Joe Sabino. I'm actually not gonna talk too much about it because it's literally like the moira story but told because it's jubilee in this world instead of moira so it's literally the same story <laughs> nice but with, with jubilee and about how, that way she's died mm-hmm. literally that issue of um was it house it was hawks yeah okay. it was hawks where she it, it literally talks about all the time she died and why and everything like that so um yeah it's 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 pretty funny though because she's like playing games at a mall and like sentinels kill her and
1: shit like that oh my god no um,
0: <laughs> yeah there's a great moment where they, the bad guys summon like a gigantic super sentinel in Krakoa and the bad guys have to take it off. Um and it, it's pretty funny. Like it, Cortez works with with Cyclops and juices him up to max power and he just blows the sentinel's head off, basically. Awesome. <laughs> so dope. Um But yeah, there's a lot of moments here, and there's still like Wolverine suspects Jubilee's still alive. That's like the whole like overriding plot. Um oh also the um you, I thought you'd appreciate this. The Quiet Council in this one is called... I want to say it's The Inner Circle, but let me check. Huh. Um, yeah, The Inner Circle. And the, the Inner Circle, they made a playlist, one song for each of them. And it's... I'm just going to go through it all because that's who I, you and I am. Xavier gets everything I do I do for you by Brian Adams. Jesus Christ! Okay. Magneto gets nothing else matters by Metallica. <laughs> Apocalypse gets killing the name by Rage Against the Machine. Oh yes. <laughs> Storm gets my love and you're never gonna get it by In Vogue. Good. Jean-, Jean Grey gets stronger together by Dazzler, featuring Cher and Leela Cheney. What? I know. Cyclops gets "Achy Breaky Heart" by Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh my
1: God, Cyclops! You would, you would.
0: Emma Frost gets "Justify My Love" by Madonna. <laughs> Archangel is on the on the inner circle. Ooh. Gets "How Do You Talk to an Angel" by the Heights. <laughs> Callisto <gasps> who should be on the fucking council, by That's the way, in our role line. Gets "Pretty on the Inside" by Hole.
1: Oh,
0: Omega Red. Gets drain you by Nirvana.
1: <laughs> oh my God, his little broken heart. Oh my God,
0: <laughs> Mystique gets cold hearted by Paula Abdul, <laughs> and Mister Sinister got creeped by Radiohead. But it's scratched out, and it's put, I'm too sexy. Right? Said Fred, and then Mister Signature's Mister Sinister's signature next to it. <laughs> <you> so much.
1: <laughs> so, so the difference. So it was it was Omega Red over Exodus for that side of the table.
0: Uh, they don't. I guess.
1: Yeah, because right, that, that side is uh, it's, it's still mystique and sinister, and so it should be Exodus yeah. next to them.
0: Yeah, and then um, Emma, Archangel, and Callisto are the Hellfire ones. So, mm-hmm. but also curiously, we find out that the Marauders exist in this world, Ooh. and their leader is actually Rogue, not Kitty. So, we get still, this really hot
1: shot of her. I still buy that. Oh, okay, that's the one I saw. Oh, and
0: it's funny because there's like a joke about Gambit. Um like he's like, Oh yeah, you're gonna take off with your crew on your ship. He's like, You're gonna make Cajun Boy jealous. She's like, Um, besides, you ain't got much to worry about with this crew, sugar. And it's North Star, Iceman, Richter, Shatterstar. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Yes." laughs> it's like my favorite journey. She says, Remind me to tell you why Bobby and Lorna didn't work out. Like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's great. I wanna so. be on that boat. <laughs> it's so fun dude like i love it so good stuff can't wait to see where it goes next and then of course our actual x book in the real kokoa final book of the week knights of x number two not even Krakoa. i mean but yeah no, representing the real <laughs> kokoa written by teeny howard art by bob quinn colored by eric Carcinega, and letter by ariana Mayer. i love this book i'm not going to go bit by bit because so much goes on in this book it's a lot yeah but but, holy crap! I love the way they're doing it. I love the return of Kailun. Um I love Mordred in this, yeah, I hope Mordred lasts beyond this as a as a mutant and stays in Krakoa. um Shogo is getting an arc, which is cool. Bay and Megan are really f- like everything about this book has been really, really great, and there's so much going on. All I can really say is just I highly recommend this book. There's a yeah. lot of really great homages. There's a lot of callbacks to original Excalibur to get mad gem jaspers getting a name drop you know all kinds Absolutely. of great stuff um yeah i loved this highly
1: highly recommend this book and uh just so good uh what did you think i i'm i'm really i'm really enjoying it for like two issues in. i mean i obviously obviously following after excalibur so it's still following the same path but uh my highlights for this issue were uh i mean of course my girl rachel it, it just seems like she's i've been wanting her on the on excalibur on Exc- On Excalibur, on this book, ever since like Excalibur or or post uh, X Factor, like where 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 else was she go? It would obviously be here would be the answer, and I'm glad that that happened because it seems like she's just like integral to the group, like to be able to reach as far as like reaching out to others. Again, like even just like a powerhouse itself, like the whole team is, but she just seems like integral integral to like the capabilities of like the the group pulling through. And then plus of
0: the original the original Excalibur lineup, the original original, Mm -hmm. the only ones left are her and megan in this in this lineup so nice she was one of the original five
1: dope so yeah and then i'm so glad that they're still uh using gambit throwing tarot cards to like amplify some effects yes like to 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 take care of that 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 uh colossal thing with a judgment card like a fucking death card oh dude like yes like give me more of those tricks i i really like this new power up for gambit
0: yeah, definitely. I think it, I think it's really cool. So I love this book. It's fantastic. And Teeny Howard, I'm so I remember when Excalibur ended, we were like, oh no, it's Teeny leaving.
1: Right, because they're and rocking so a thing so in and out. There. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: But yeah that is it for this week as far as comics go this way were you reading anything else besides fables <laughs>
1: um no just fables so i just need a, i need a dump because it's like it's, it's it was all the important parts uh that i read i promise next time it will i will only be talking about the finale i will, I will be on the last two i am on the last two books and that's all it takes like i, I forget that the last five hardcovers are thick as fuck so that's why i kind of underestimated the uh the length of those <laughs> but Cut. fuck my my daddy died <laughs> the north wind just like goes yeah. out like a champ and it's like it's cool how he fucking handle, handles it i love how he gets he actually gets to talk with bigby before having to do his decision but then the cubs it's like i mean at least like my, my dare or my little boy leader dare practically dare wow did that one just like hit all over again um it was yeah. brutal like just like him going after therese but it's like him knowing him being the fisher king the fucking Fisher King, bro. Like that was such a good story, um, and then the reveal, and like of course, like the 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 big reveal on the narrator, <laughs> little baby Ambrose. Uh, I, I, I really liked, I read really, after all of these issues, the little narration, like, uh, and this time we're like, we'll, well, we're cutting, we're cutting back on the main start, on the main narrative to touch up on these characters that we haven't talked about. That whole time, that was a real voice, and like we're actually, re, they're actually he's actually writing down the story i, I just i really like that reveal and now we actually get to know that character has been a character and it's our little boy Am- ambrose and it's, re- it's really cool god fables there's like a lot a lot to love and a lot a lot of like oofs but the parts the, the parts that do make up for it are just very whimsically fun
0: gotcha nice and um we forgot to mention it
1: uh you read triskelly number one
0: yes i did pick and up we that forgot, one. To, forgot to talk about it so give me a quick review
1: yeah no, it, it was actually very fun if i love the drawing the, the art on it is fantastic um i like the presentation of it at first with like it's like there's like a whole lucid dreamscape and into like then the waking up and it's like the real world but it's like was that real how is that going to play out it, it reminded like that was more of magical sci-fi but it reminded me of like when uh the first issue of um uh ah, the other one i just read um it, w- it was the the, fuck, the steve orlando heavy metal book um that i just got it, it basically started this in the same way but i really like right. this i really like this book and it, and like um it's got was it i don't want to say was it was scandinavian origins i like, was lore. is there, there a little a lot of like Wellish i, I want to say it's irish irish because there's a lot of like also like wellish um or Welsh yeah. Uh, um, Welsh, yeah. Words that had to be uh, translated. So I, I like when like certain pieces, like are certain parts of the world, like to, to explore that that type of a uh, either fairy tales or just lore in general. But good book, right?
0: Nice. All right, and then as far as myself, uh, it's all been Stephen Fry's Mythos. Mm-hmm. I'm almost done with it, but it's a very very big book, so it's been a lot. Uh, just reminding myself of all these origins, um, and it's just kind of funny. Um... How much of Christian beliefs came from the Greek and Norse myths? Oh so, yeah, and how they've completely misinterpreted them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, like Hermaphrodite. <laughs> like I, I was, re- I was like, oh yeah, this is like there's some religious touches to this, but they definitely didn't remember that part. Mm-hmm.
1: So, <laughs> oh, I do have so another book yeah, you're done. What was that? I do have another book. but once once you wrapped up on the on yours.
0: Okay. Um. So yeah, next up on my list is Dune. I'm jumping in, and I'm doing Dune. Nice um but other than that i haven't really read a ton to be honest it was a very busy week uh for a lot of different things and i've been watching a lot of tv because the obi-wan shows out i decided to watch um oh. boba fett finally because i never did <laughs> nice. so uh so i'm watching that and uh yeah i think that's pretty much it so what, what do you want to add before we go
1: um it's, it's actually a pretty short episode so if you want to like take a moment to talk about it but uh if you want to get down to some manga and my hero vigilantes oh we could take a moment
0: uh it was, I will say the most important thing was the very last line, which was, the story will continue in My Hero Academia.
1: <sighs> yes. <laughs> yes, please.
0: That, that was the most important part.
1: <laughs> please find fa- your uh,
0: canon sp- debut. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert for everybody. The fact that he didn't end up with Pop, at least on camera, mm-hmm. unacceptable.
1: Oh, yeah. Even, unacceptable. Like, even separate, like the way they were actually separated, because she was not even in Naruhata anymore either.
0: Yeah, but I think they'll end up together. Mm-hmm. But what if he shows up during this last battle that's going on in My Hero? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and saves the day. That'd be amazing. That's how I mean, he gets his. That's how he gets like uh, his pardon to come back to Japan.
1: I That'd mean, be like, it's been. I mean, because again, like Vigilante is also way before My Hero. Like again, like the the most that we yeah. know is that uh, Little Ida is just a child because like the the one instance that we know is like he could barely turn corners from his brother, right? Yeah. So well, it's not.
0: I, I've gathered it's not too far back because we saw Stain as he was about to start his thing.
1: Oh, everybody's so starting their thing. even.
0: Yeah, but I'm wondering, like, Stain wasn't around that long, mm-hmm. his crimes free, So I'm wondering, like, how long they're actually going to place it back.
1: Yeah. So we'll see. But, yeah. Because be to touch on, like, on now-now like, in My Hero, how, how close of a relationship did he build with uh, Stars and Stripes? What's he feeling right now? You know? right yeah because i'm pretty exactly. sure he's just so. been in america this whole time so he's been making his name there i'm sure he's known star and stripe and it's like whew. it's getting huge and I, I can't wait to make, i can't wait to see him in in the real in the real canon yeah definitely it's, it's gonna sky, be skycrawler so. dude the way sky he just crawler. stops the fucking plane the way he just yeah Dope. Just, just pumps those shoes oh my god
0: that's He's gone f- there from where he started. Dude, best arc, <laughs> best arc ever. Like I love it.
1: Koichis so. our boy. Like everybody. if you if- And
0: at the end with Knuckle Duster,
1: yo, the the yeah. full circle to like to come back to the beginning like that. That was that was great. Yeah, so good stuff. Great stuff. Uh, and, and right. the fence, uh, about My Hero Vigilantes. It's a great spinoff. Don't read be. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't read Dragon Ball. Read that instead. <laughs> yeah, because so. Dragon Ball's turned to shit. So. um... <laughs> All right. Well, those are the issues we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at uh, this show is at WHI podcast. I'm at WHI podcast. Keith, our producer, Liz, is at WHI podcast, Liz, and Hosway is at Hosway reads Josue. Um Check out our other show, Jukebox Vertigo at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. On that show, we build a musical playlist every other week. And this last episode that came out was Front Women. Um, so all songs by bands with women standing at the front. And had a lot of fun. That that one is available to listen to now. Also, look forward to our Pride episode, which is going to be the next episode listed. Not next Monday, but the Monday after that. It's going to be a very special issue episode. Make sure to check that out yeah. when it does come out. Make sure to check out Hostway on Twitch later that night at Hosway Plays Josue, where he hosts a musical listening party while he plays some games, gives his opinion on all the songs that are added to the playlist, and just you know, generally has fun. So uh other than that anything you want to add hopefully before we wrap it up uh no it's happy pride y'all happy pride hell yeah don't forget to backboard and box your new treasures and we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books stay safe and read more comics